Hello everyone and welcome to the Chobo Football Podcast. Uh, we are back with another episode after the Euro, the Euro Group Stage Roundup. I'm your host, John Marco Chen. I'm finally done with my exams. And I'm joined by Mark Inyanjui. Hi, Mark. How are you? Uh, hi, guys. It's good to be back. Um, it's been a hell of a roller coaster uh, this Euro. Uh, and I am happy to be back as well. And let's hope we'll talk a lot about what has been happening so far. And I can't wait to get started. Thank you. We are also joined by Virginia. Hi, Virginia. How are you? How have you been? Hi. I'm looking good. Uh, just work and stress, but I'm good. I've been enjoying myself uh, through the Euros and can't wait uh, to get started. Yeah. We are also joined by Alex. Hi, Alex. Uwaligani. It's been a minute. Mark, we have not talked. Uh, I'm also happy to hear you back. Yeah, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, Erastus, I think his mic is off. Uh, so we'll just go to our new guest. He's called Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? What do you do? Yeah, just uh, introduce yourself. Um, hello. Um, I'm Dave, obviously. And what do I do? I'm a student. I know these guys from school, I think. And I don't think I know. And I'm happy to be here. Welcome so much. I think Erastus has left the call due to technical issues. We'll have to reintroduce him at some point. So um, we will start with the first game. Uh, we'll basically just do a roundup of uh, a preview, let's say, of the quarterfinals. We will start with one side of the draw, which will see uh, Switzerland facing Spain and the winner of that game going up against Belgium versus Italy. On the other side of the draw, it's uh, Ukraine uh, going up against England and the winner will face the winner of Czech Republic versus Denmark. Yeah, so the matches will occur on Friday and Saturday, I think. Yeah, I think those are the days. Yeah, so um, we will start with Switzerland versus Spain. Uh, Switzerland, they managed to go through after somehow uh, dumping out um, France, which to be honest was quite a shock. No one really expected it to happen after a 3-3 draw. Um, who would like to, to talk about Switzerland and their game with France? Um, Mark, we know you're a fan of France and you must definitely watch this game despite a bit of spite. Yeah, um, I think... Um, I was very, very, very disappointed personally as a French supporter. Um, for a start, I expected this to be a routine 3-1 win, but I was kind of disappointed when I when I saw the lineup uh, for France. Um, Deschamps opted to play a, a back three, uh, probably to counter the threat brought forth by Seferovic and Brilembolo. But I still think it was way too pragmatic on his part, considering he has the first period players and he's won a World Cup using that as a metric for 2-3-1 formation of his. So I assumed um, he'd carry on using that setup, but it didn't work. So he brought forth um, Clement Lenglet. And Lenglet hasn't been particularly um, as commanding as he has been um, in, in, <coughs> in, in recent years. Um, I think ever since they lost uh, H2 to Barcelona, he hasn't really been the same player defensively. And we saw it as he was bullied for the first goal in the air by Seferovic, I think it was. Um, and then after that, after that, I think uh, they got a penalty. And then after getting that penalty, um, they missed it. And then within two or three minutes, uh, Benzema was equalizing and then putting uh, the French to one up. And then uh, Pogba scored that absolute screamer. And I think from there, his concentration just fell apart because he was clearly overconfident and cocky from that chance of his. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think they, they kind of like got complacent and thought that the game was won at that point. Um, but Switzerland have and buffed. Uh, they introduced Gavranovic, and within uh, minutes he was he was scoring the equalizing goals. So shortly after Seferovic um, bullied Kimbembe uh, in the air, and then um, during extra time uh, the game could have gone it away. Um, I saw Jose Mourinho talking about how when the game was three two, 
Uh, made a mistake of subbing off Griezmann and bringing on Sissoko because at that point the game was still hanging by a thread. So taking off one of your talisman and then shortly after Benzema got injured meant they were short of firepower during extra time. So um, they didn't really create uh, enough quality chances. Uh, okay, Kingsley Coman tried his best when he came on. He tried to stress the play and he kind of freed Mbappe and I think it was it was Mbappe, uh, Griezmann and and uh, Benzema, the, the three star uh, frontmen. But at the end of the day, he kind of got injured, so they had to bring Marcus um, Lilan Turan's son uh, into the mix. Uh, and then we all know what happened during extra time. But um, credit to Switzerland, because uh, Switzerland uh, were immense through the game. Um, they pressed, they counter-pressed. Uh, they were dominant, Jaka in particular. Um, Jaka and, and Ogba gave us I mean, <laughs> some of the best midfield battles we've seen um, throughout the tournament and probably over the decade, because uh, Ogba in possession was dictating tempo, and then Granit Xhaka also in possession was dictating tempo as well. And it was really frustrating to see him play that well as an Arsenal fan, considering how frustrating he can be when he plays for Arsenal. <laughs> so, and Virginia can attest here as well. So, um, hey, and then I even saw Alex here uh, saying that Cork was the way to go because we saw him taking Cork before one of the biggest moments of his career. So, um, credit to Switzerland. Um, I think that was a very entertaining game, but um, France have to really look, take a long hard look in the mirror and stop thinking that things are won because they have star players. And the biggest disappointment, of course, has to be Mbappe as well, who um, has surprisingly not been his usual self. Um, I know he's had a difficult last year. He's lost a Champions League semi-final. He's lost a Champions League final. And then here he is losing a round of 16 game to a team with a Newcastle defender at the back. So um, credit to Switzerland and let's hope they'll do well um, in the next round. In fact, I'm rooting for them from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, Mark, I actually knew uh, France will win. Will uh, uh, I mean, Switzerland will make will cause an upset because of uh, the recent days. They have been uh, it's been unsettled. Their squad, their squad has been unsettled, and it's been a fight between Griezmann, uh, is it Griezmann or Benzema? Yeah, Benzema between Benzema, Giroud, and Mbappe, saying that who doesn't. I mean, they don't feed uh, Giroud when uh, they're creating chances or something like that. So it was an unsettled come. So I expected a. Uh, an upset. Okay, I didn't expect as much, but France disrespected Switzerland so much that now Switzerland, so um, they think, I mean, Switzerland thought, I mean, they, they saw France uh, uh, seeing them as nothing, so they thought they can come, they can come back and get it and credit to them. So, yeah. And, and okay, also, uh, um, before we go on, um, there was this talk of, yeah. I, I saw an article on the Athletic, I'm here to read it, but um, the headline went something like, there was kind of unrest in the French camp, um, especially after the game, um, there, there, was a, there was a lot of argument, there was a lot of argument and friction between the players, especially in the dressing room, um, probably pouring their frustrations out after losing the manner they did, but even before the start of the tournament, um, like you mentioned, there was kind of unrest between um, Mbappe and Giroud and the fact Mbappe preferred playing with Benzema to Giroud. Um, yeah, there was kind of a, fra- um, a friction um, shortly be- before and after. So let's hope they are going to sort their issues uh, because um, there's a big tournament coming up and the worst they can do is, is you know, keep continuing the task of the champions at the World Cup. So they need to lighten up and rightly so and quickly. Okay, and um, speaking about Janichaka and bottling, uh, Spain almost bottled a win against Croatia after extra time. They managed to win 5-3. Um, Morata, he, he obviously scored. And, um, oh, actually, I was supposed to go through the injuries for, for Switzerland. Xhaka uh, will be out because he got a suspension. Th- that suspension thing doesn't honestly make sense. Like, it's two yellow cards over the course of four, five games. Then it gets wiped out. I, I think it's just a bit too much, but either way. Um, Spain. They managed to beat Croatia. Um, Virginia, did you watch the game? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, Spain was a better team. 
they okay apart from the horrible goal uh, the goalkeeper considered but it wasn't his fault the fault was this young guy 18 year old kid uh, passing back to the goalkeeper mm-hmm. but uh, yeah Petri. but uh, they didn't get Rachel, they didn't get that goal Rachel, so they went ahead three goals but now they couldn't control the game because Croatia uh, Modric decided to come back into form in like after 70 in the 70th minutes Croatia came back uh, 3-3 to draw extra time but Croatia didn't have a chance you know they're much better team because they created so many chance, chances but their main problem this year has been scoring they create chances that they can't score uh, but credit to Morata he stepped up when it was um, when Spain did him and the cruise through so yeah so they deserved it but going forward I fear their defense because they're not good defensively yeah. that's going to be their downfall going forward and against the Switzerland side who have a uh, uh, I mean they feed on Morale or because of, they, don't, they don't have Jaka in the next round so maybe Spain will beat Switzerland in the next round yeah okay so um, we'll ask for the predictions at the end of uh at the, towards the end of the episode okay we'll move on to belgium against italy belgium they beat ronaldo's portugal one nil and yeah um they didn't look entirely dominant yeah but we'll let uh dave take over the game he loves belgium apparently uh you're, you're a belgian fan uh no not really um i was a ronaldo fan until i cried my heart out and they they got out Okay, but another fan of Portugal fan, but um, Belgium okay, they had a bad game, really. And yeah. to make matters worse, um, okay, which is it's a good thing for me. Um, they lost uh, Hazard and De Bruyne at the end of the game. And okay, let's talk about Hazard first. So over the game, um, we saw Hazard become the Hazard that we've known for Chelsea. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you can hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talking about the game first, um, Belgium, the players, um, Hazard was superb, and uh, was okay. De Bruyne was okay, as we all know, but now. Let's start talking about the next round. We want to be available. We also, what happened for uh, the first two, the first two games, I think, when Belgium were playing without him, they were very poor. They were very poor. Um, the game, Jota, 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 ah, Jota and Ronaldo. Okay, that guy, uh, he's been a mess this, this tournament. He's cost uh, Portugal, I think, in my opinion. He's cost Portugal because um, the chances that he did not give Ronaldo at the group stages. In this game, he had, I think he had a chance, a clear chance that he wasted. Um, once again, uh, Alex, last time Alex was crying for Palhinha. Palhinha, I think that's how his name is said to start. Oh, another thing, Sanchez was superb. Hey, Sanchez was superb that game. But um, unluckily, unluckily, they couldn't go through. And now we have Belgium, Belgium team that is going to be beaten, I think. This is not a prediction. I'm just saying. They, they are poor side, but um, yeah, let's see how, how it goes. I think uh, Portugal are the better team over the game. Everyone played superbly, apart from maybe Dallas. And... <laughs> No, no, no. The thing is, the thing is, Dalot, this was only his, his first ever, his, his full international debut um, for Portugal. And this is a game that they had to win. It's a round of 15 match. Imagine making your full debut in a game as big as that. You need to cut the kids some slack, honestly. I know he had a, a, um, a substandard game for his standards, but... But come on, it was only his debut, but he, no, he still has plenty Mark, of experience Mark, to gain. Mark, let, let me defend Dallas. Yeah. They say, they, what they were saying just a minute ago that Hazard was pumped. We were seeing the Chelsea Hazard. Dallas was up against the Chelsea Hazard, not the Real Madrid Hazard. So I think yeah. his yeah. performance is justified playing against that high level Hazard. A person who is going to face you and dribble and try to dribble past, dribble past you every exactly. time he gets the ball. Exactly. Even, though Belgium are not, even though Belgium are not that good, I still think. I, I, I want to say this, Zello. Here's the thing yeah. for an attacker. 
you feel on how bad your 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 defender is. The minute you get a poor defender and then you go past him uh, for like two times, ah, it's going to be your day. It's not about at him being against um, a good hazard. It's the other game has the confidence. Because you need to. You, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to tell you is he's still a kid. This was only his second ever cup for Portugal. As in, and and the his first ever cup was the was a, a five minute cameo against against was it um, uh, France? I think it was in the in that game. This was only his second ever start. Yes, um, there's a saying that goes uh, form is temporary but class is permanent. Um, Hazard, we know what Hazard is capable of, and he even did well to prevent him from from creating more chances or something because. In fact, Belgium, after losing, um, was it more, more, uh, uh, De Bruyne, uh, decided to sit deep in their own half, and Portugal were the ones trying to dominate. Yes, what he disappointed me at was that he, he didn't influence games going forward as he usually does, but give the kid a break, as in, it was only his first cup game. Ah, it's okay, it's okay, okay. let's just leave it, leave it at that. But, okay, my point is, um, I think Belgium, they won't make it through the next stage because of their defense. Yeah. Okay, their defense is old and slow. So, against Italy, I okay, don't know. Immobile is okay, he's immobile. Okay, it's not immobile. <laughs> but uh we have okay, at least uh, if they come up again, if the wingers catch inside, um that's that will be insignia and penalty, I think. If they if they if the wingers of Italy catch inside, they might trouble the Belgium defense. So I don't I don't fancy their chances. I would like them to go through, but the next stage is not to be them. That's all. Okay, and um speaking about Italy, um they managed to they managed to beat um, uh, Austria, actually. Austria. Uh, they, yeah, they, they, they put up a really competitive game, and Italy, they got, the goal after, they got their second goal after extra time, which apparently, uh, they got it from Federico Chiesa. The yeah. goal looks yeah. very similar to a goal which he, his dad scored for Italy. I can't remember which year, like in the 90s or the 80s. Like, it's sort of similar. If you can find it on YouTube, it will be... Actually, it's the only goal his dad scored in the Euro. Yeah, exactly. And like, what, what a moment. And I think it, it's Kiesa's first, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's just, it, it encapsulates the, the, the whole thing of time. Like, it, it's just really fascinating. Um, obviously, um, Italy considered their first goal. And yeah, uh, people were scared of how they would react. Though, um, Virginia, would you like to talk more about Italy? Yeah. Uh, in that game, um, Mancini got the setup wrong. Uh, first, his first mistake was dropping Berati. He didn't mean dropping Locatelli for Berati when knowing Berati is not fully fit. And he's more like, I mean, he has the same similarities as uh, Jorginho. He doesn't offer much going forward. It was fully evident in this game, Italy versus Austria. So for me, uh, Italy, okay, Italy, though it was a game of two halves. Italy, the first half was the better team. But the Queens capitalized on the chances that they had in the first half. Then second half was just the couldn't defend uh, for much long. So they decided to throw everything at, uh, at Italy. And they could have gotten the first goal. And they could have won it. In the, was it in the 80th minute or 78th minute? Around there. Uh, but uh, they, they did rattle. Uh -huh, yeah. Yes. Um, um, I, have to, okay, I have to tell you something. Um, I hope as you're talking about Italy, you're having a lot of hand gestures. You know, Italia. We're talking about Italia. I hope you're doing them justice. Okay. <laughs> Just is a word. <laughs> Move your hands as you talk about Italy. Move your hands oh, Italy. Yourself. Yes. I'm not getting you. Um, okay, Italians are famous for hand gestures. They have a lot of hand gestures doing as they talk. So. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so. Okay, Italy deserved it to win in the extra time, but Austria was a better team, but they didn't have the quality to rattle Italy. So, yeah, but Italy going forward, uh, as much as uh, Dave... Record. Yeah, 
Okay, so Virginia, you are continuing. Oh yeah, uh, the insurance Italy went through due they had the superior quality than Austria. Uh, had to break to Austria, but they couldn't. Um, they didn't have quality enough quality to not show Italy. So for Dave, you were saying um, uh, Italy needs to go through or beat Belgium in the next round. I doubt if Belgium still have Hazard and uh, De Bruyne. Uh, yeah, they're out of them. So they won't play. Yes, no. No. Uh, okay. So then Italy, Italy will go through. Okay, so um, moving on to the other side of the table. Yeah. Before Mark, you move on. Yeah. I'm still wondering what's wrong with Marco Rodovich. Because he seems to be younger <laughs> by everything. Uh, he's, he's like, he doesn't love football. He just plays it as a business, as if he's a park. Because whenever Marco Rodovich calls, he tends to shout at people. Because the goal which was disallowed by VR against Italy, he went on to talk shit uh, to the Italian fans, telling them to shut up. I was even wondering what he was actually doing. I thought the referee would even try to caution him. Uh, yeah. But before, I think Austria were really good to stop Italy from scoring the normal time. But the substitutes which were brought in by Mancini, the, the, the likes of Matteo Pessina and Federico uh, Chiesa, really changed the game. And uh, honestly, it was kind of painful to watch Austria bow out like that. I actually wanted the game to go to penalties. Even though I wanted Italy to proceed, but I, I actually wanted the game to go to penalty so that Austria would be eliminated in a in a respectful in a respectful manner, yeah. not a, a two one loss. But at least they, they pushed them to extra time. To be honest, and it's up against a side which, like, like Austria's best part of the field is midfield, but yeah. Italy's midfield is better than their midfield. As much as much as Austria pushed Italy to extra time, I think. The best attacking player for Austria was Marcel, has been Marcel Sabitzer, but that day was actually poor. Yeah. He found himself in two great scoring positions, but he scored at them both. Not even hitting on, I mean, hitting the target. Actually, I think his concentration was a little bit down because on, a, on another day, Sabitzer would have buried those two chances. Okay, so um, moving on to the other side of the draw, um, we have the Czech Republic up against Denmark. So um, the Czechs. They managed to beat uh, the Netherlands, which was quite a shock, 2-0, but it was mostly thanks to a red card to Delict. And yeah, um, Patrick Schick continued his fine form. Uh, Sufal was incredible. And um, Alex, you wanted to talk more about the Czech Republic, or as you call them, the racists. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 won't, I won't call them public racists. <laughs> because it was uh, some group, uh, some part of, some group in the Slavia Plan squad, uh, which was not very accommodative onto the other race. Uh, but yeah. I think Czech are good. Uh, they have a very balanced squad, because but their strength is defending and boosting. They have like a, a strong player in every position. Even though like, Patrick Schick has surprised me in this tournament because before the tournament Patrick Schick was to a, a club club level, then out of nowhere he, he starts scoring like it's his business. Even though it is his business, he has not been doing his business at club level. Uh, and another thing is the midfielder, the midfielder of Thomas Sushek and Thomas Olesh. I think he's a, it's like the one at Western whereby we have four, we have social kind of rice controlling everything and uh, even providing the great when they have set pieces and uh, so so I think against Denmark even though I think Denmark will go through lucky go through but Czech will, the Czechs will give them a good battle the Netherlands they are known for killing everything it's in their nature it's in their blood because before the red card just like two minutes before the red card, Daniel Malen was one on one with the keeper, with the Czech, Czech keeper, and he tried to be too clever, scoring the chance. 
under what the leak did is unexcusable, even though it even though it looked it looked like Patrick Fee could be left alone with the keeper, but the leak did something which a top class defender should have, shouldn't have done. I saw some means saying that the leak has learned nothing in Juventus when it comes to defending, but in the in, in another scenario where I saw another scenario where Kielini did the same thing. Whereby he was yeah. sleeping and pulled the ball the same way the leak did. So actually I think it's the check are good. They are this thing the manager is tactical. When they, they are required to defend they do the defending. When they are required to control the game they try to control even though they are not that good at controlling the game. They do the basics of football. They are playing the basics of football. But against Denmark the quality of the Denmark attack is just good for the check to Okay, so I'm um, moving on from a team with a big and a number nine shot to <laughs> a team with the best number nine in the world, <laughs> Martin Breitwitz for Denmark. Uh, they have managed. <laughs> they have managed. Are they doing the best? <laughs> and by the way, by the, before we go, on, before we go, on, yeah, a minute, a minute. When when Alex was talking about uh, the leak and that um, costly mistake that he made, um, I wanted him to go take a look. I wanted to ask if he's taken a look at how Pofotuns have animated that version. <laughs> So, but that was that's a, a late joke. That's a late joke. Although to be fair, I think it was it was too clumsy a decision what he did. Um, because in that position, and um, the striker is trying to press you. Because if the striker manages to to um battle you physically away, he's through on goal. So I think what he should have done, even though he was in a situation where he had to try and, and cover the ball, was try and maybe. Um, maybe force him to like foul him or something because I think it was still too clumsy a decision. It was quite intentional, and the referee had no option but but to give him a red card. But for a uh, for a defender of his, I know he's still young, but for a defender of his experience, even at that age, he's played in big games. Um, he's won a Serie A title. He's won an Eredivisie. He's played in a Champions League final, and he's even played in a League of Nations final. He can do better than make mistakes like that. That is that is schoolboy stuff, in all honesty. Let's be honest. Uh, before I forget, I almost forgot JM. Uh, uh, I, I watched I watched Netherlands just because just to see Daniel Malen. Uh, the way you've been talking about the ball. Actually, in the group stages, group stages, when he came on as a sub, he performed really well. Uh, then it came to the match against the Republic. Then I was wondering where the boy was. Like just as I've been watching the PSV Europa League, Europa League matches, whereby I watched like four or five matches of PSV and I never see the boy. It came to that. The same. I came to the to back to my conclusion that I think the boy has set some bars which. He can't, he can't perform. He can't perform at those at high level, as yeah. because when he broke through, everyone expected Daniel to be, to be at in the levels of Kylian Mbappe and the likes of Jadon Sancho. But yeah. I think it was an injury which hindered his progress. I can't remember well, but maybe with time he might improve. But but it, it did not convince me. But I think I think uh, that uh, front line of he and maybe Depay wasn't balanced enough uh, because both are strikers that prefer playing on. On the shoulders, defender. Yeah, together, I think they are not the type of players that will kind of like do a workhorse and try and link play by dropping deep. Um, and it was quite uh, an imbalanced front too. And that's why we probably never got to see the best of both. Because if you if you if you dig deeper, you will realize um, Memphis Depay also kind of like struggled that day. Uh, it wasn't Malen alone because there wasn't someone to help like link link both up. That's what I'll probably say. But um, I agree with, with what you're saying. He's he's been he can be quite. Um, Frustrating to watch at times, um, especially in the games that you that we've seen him play. But he still has a good uh, goal scoring record at PSV, uh, and that has to count for something eventually. I know the injury hindered his progress. Uh, I think it was the four month injury he suffered before Euro yeah. 
last year and luckily for him Euro 2020 was postponed to this year but um but at the same time he still had a pretty decent season um in in in, in PSV so um let's wait and see what, what will happen he might get to that level eventually but I don't think uh the Boa set up the system to suit him perfectly I think it was quite imbalanced and of course uh Frank Boa is actually fired yeah um <laughs> unfortunately oh, he yeah he yeah, resigned well, fortunately for the Netherlands fans, yeah, they will have to go through Frank Dubois managing well, the likes of Ikatirain. They were managing the issue of the Premier League. <laughs> well, it's between him and whoever managed Derby County. So, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at least on Derby, I think Derby scored a goal. Dubois, they did not even score a single goal in seven matches. No, no, no. Like, yeah. that's because it was seven matches. Derby, they yeah. finished with only, like, uh, which barely double-digit number of points. Oh. Like, the points were less than the number of games that Dubois was given. No, there are slightly more. Oh. Over the course sure, of an entire season. But you can't blame Wayne Rooney. For ah, not, uh, he's, not, he's not talking about the championship <laughs> derby. He's talking about oh. the derby. <laughs> the 2-9-10 season. 2-9-10. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, so I'm um, moving on to a side which, to be honest, has surprised all of us. Denmark. Um, they absolutely battered Wales for him, and they've now scored eight in the last in the last two matches, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they're actually second in in their competition in terms of shots per game. They're fourth in possession. They are like it's just an impressive side. Um, and according to Scott, they're like fifth in terms of ratings, but I don't think that matters. So yeah. Um, what I really noticed is that they have a weird depth in centre backs and strikers. Yeah. Would you like to, to, to talk about it more, Virginia, since yeah, you're, you're interested in the games? Oh, Denmark versus Wales. Uh, Denmark, uh, they played well versus Wales, the much better team. Denmark has, uh, they have Bundesliga players, the whole, uh, most most of their squad players are Bundesliga players. No, so, that's Austria. Oh, it's Austria. Austria. No, Denmark. Yeah. Even Denmark. Yeah, or Delaney. Yeah, Delaney, uh, Yusuf Olsen, uh, which other player? Uh, let me check. Uh, most some of the players playing the Bundesliga. Uh, to the game versus Wales, uh, they were the better team, and this kid, Dumpstead, since he came to replace uh, Chris Eriksen, he's been playing superb. He's been the better, I mean, since he came in, Denmark have been just good. They haven't even missed Eriksen. So, yeah, Wales on the other side, they were, they, they were bad. In the, there are two uh, main guys, uh, Bale and Ramsey, they were nowhere to be found. And yeah, Denmark completely shattered them. They, they were completely dominant and they deserved to go through. Who are they playing next? Denmark? Uh, the Czech Republic. <laughs> They'll be playing the, uh, your, your boys. Uh, I see you. I, I, I actually see you constantly. I see you, Virginia, constantly praising Patrick Schiff. I think you are a fan of the guy. But um, I think yeah, something okay, we need to add. Okay, when he had a poor season. Yeah. When he had a poor season, actually, about Kosen. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I don't think, you, you guys are making it look like he was poor at Leverkusen, but he's not that poor. Honestly, honestly, talking about Patrick Schick, when he was at uh, on loan at Leipzig, playing alongside Timoana, he was actually very good. Yeah, yeah, I think And he's, he, he has, he has those, make, he has the makings of, of a complete striker. Uh, he, I think he possesses the technical attributes to be able to link play as well as get on the end of chances. But um, to be honest, I haven't watched much of Leverkusen to be able to give concrete um, conclusions. But um, on my football manager, he's usually very highly rated. So 
Um, I think I think he's not just a, a one tournament wonder. Uh, like let's say someone like Carl Robson Kanu of Wales was, you know, Robson Kanu was released by Reading and then had a, a decent um Euro 2016 with Wales, and all of a sudden Atletico Madrid were watching him. Because I think that 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 move kind of like um made me uh, realize making conclusions on the basis of some few games of tournament football really isn't fair. Because let's not forget when Czech Republic kind of won this tournament in 2004. Um, they had this striker, this Liverpool striker named Milan Baros. Milan Baros, and he was he wasn't really that immense when he was at Liverpool. But after having a good Euro 2004, suddenly Barcelona and Real Madrid were in for him. So I think we need to stop getting carried away, especially if if a player hasn't really proven himself at club level. But to be honest, I genuinely believe Sheik is kind of a good a good um, striker. Maybe let's give him more time and see what he can do at club level. But he's he's a decent striker. And then um, before we move on, um. I have to give credit where it's due to to uh, Denmark and especially uh, Damsgaard. Um, Damsgaard, I think, has done really well. I think at some period he plays as a left wing back. If I'm not wrong, Alex, right? A, a wing back, not a, a wing back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. um, since Eriksen got means that they kind of like um, tweaked the system. They stopped playing with a number ten um, in a three-five-two and started playing uh, at a flat three-four-three. And Damsgaard has come into the side and he's done really well ever since. And they're playing as a unit. Yes, there was there's that sentimental feeling of doing it for Eriksen. But at the same time, Denmark are a legitimately good side. Um, they have good players, if you look. They have uh, a top-class goalkeeper. They have three very good ball-playing defenders. Um, they have a very strong midfield pivot of Hoiberg and, and um, this... Uh, Delan, yeah, this guy from Dortmund. And then the wing-back, so that is Mael. And, Danish guy. Uh, Mael at Atalanta and the left... Um, who's the, the, the left-back? After Mael at right-back, this is a guy at left-back. Um, I think that Mael is at left-back. Oh, Mael at left-back? Yeah. And who at right-back? Oh, Lassen at, at, at right-back. Um, I'm confusing it because Mael sometimes yeah. at Atalanta, right when Gosens plays no. left-wing, but he plays right-back at times. So that's why... No, Mael is right-footed right playing at yeah, but, wing-back. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. He's right-footed playing at yeah. left-wing-back because at Atalanta he plays right-wing-back. That's what I'm saying. And then um, uh, this Braithwaite guy and Dams and Damsgaard are the ones catching inside from the wide positions with Dolberg, who, by the way, is an immense striker playing forward. So they have a really good exciting core of, of players, not just doing it for Ericsson alone. So you have to give them credit, and I would be surprised if they get to the semi-finals by the end, all honesty. Or to the final. I actually see them the final. actually the final. Exactly. Yeah. I actually see them beating England. England. Yeah, I, think, I think this game will be played in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be played in Copenhagen. I thought the semis and finals are going to be played at Yeah, I'm saying the quarterfinal, the quarterfinal. Their game, their game, their game will be against the Czech Republic will be played in Copenhagen, if I'm not wrong. No, it's it's Baku, Baku, where Arsenal yeah. fans will, we don't like that stadium at all. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about Denmark, I think we, Denmark have been superb. As much as Wales have been poor, I think Denmark are, were really good. Uh, last, last, last day, remember Mark and they were saying that they are going, they, they are, they are, Rooting for Wales to beat to beat Denmark in the round of 16, and I remember very well saying it would be a three 0 win, even though the the Martin Braithwaite goal was was allowed, was given. I also, I still think it was offside, so uh, I'm happy. It's three 0 according to me. <laughs> in fact, Dave is here. Dave is here. He, he can give us his opinion on that game uh, because, to be honest, um, I knew I knew um Wales were a team that weren't um identified in terms of their tactics, especially given they have a caretaker manager, um, Rob Page, who um uh, was managing them for this tournament. But um, I kind of thought that that kind of uh Bale and Ramsey dynamic could give their defenders problems, especially given Ramsey is a very good at invading, invading space and Bale has very good passing range. So I kind of thought they they kind of like 
uh, take advantage of, of those spaces that the wide um, center backs left, but it did work. Um, Dave can give us his thoughts on that game. Ah, I, I think I should not talk about this game. I, I had hope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had hope, Mate. And then, some person, some person who has been, I don't know, has lost for how many years. Dolbert, he was supposed to be a wonder kid. Then, yeah, I, I yeah. thought, oh, well, where has he been playing? Um, the yeah, he's nice. Nice, nice. Oh, that guy, he was, he was a wonder kid. He was supposed to be, I think he was supposed to be what Haaland is right now. And then, he just got lost. And from nowhere, nowhere, him and Bredwitz, ah. <laughs> but I think, I think they were saying that they were saying that the mistake they, uh, that was made was playing the match at one Christ Stadium where Dolman made his name. But but in all honesty, um, and I think I think um, I don't know if you've been watching their games, Virginia in particular. But when mm-hmm. I was watching some these games specifically because of Saliba, um, I think you. He used to impress me every time I saw him play. In fact, even the final game of the season, uh, the last game of the season, I think he actually netted a press. Um, Nice, mm-hmm. I think, beat, I don't know if it was Olympic Lyon or what, I, don't, I think it was Lyon. They beat them by yeah, three goals to two. And he, and he netted yeah. a, a press that day. So, um, yes, he was supposed to be a wonder kid. I think it was 2017 in Ajax, but I think he made some kind of like wrong career moves. That's why his career hasn't blossomed as, as much as it should right now. Dave is right when he says that Haaland, uh, he was supposed to be what Haaland is right now, but something did add up somewhere. But I think I think after this tournament, uh, he'll he'll start showing people what he's capable of. But but generally, I think they have a good score. It's it balanced in a good way. Um, I, as much as I underrated them, I think they have a good score. But yeah, they will check about the score. They have a good score. Let's just say that it's better than the others. Okay, so um, let's move on to the final match. Yeah, it will be Ukraine versus England. We'll start with Ukraine since we obviously know England. It will come with a lot of drama here since everyone is better than Gareth <laughs> So for, for the, the, the Ukraine, they managed to beat, which actually they, they don't like it when you call it the Ukraine, it's Ukraine. Yeah, they managed to, to beat Sweden 2-1 after extra time. They needed a red card, they weren't convincing at all. Yeah, um, they were made the courses as the tournament began, but over time they've shown they aren't as good as I thought. Uh, we'll start with you, Dave. Well, what do you think about Ukraine, especially since they did start Malinovsky? Yeah, um, okay, I won't start the game part of it. I think at the, at the extra time, I was busy. Um, I thought Sweden was a better team, to be honest. Um, I think uh, the part was a what you call it, the post-wise, post Yeah, post-wise, yeah. post-wise. Yeah. Um, and it was like uh, a period of, I think, around 10 minutes. And they were they were the better team until the red card. I still I was rooting for them because in a way in a way I don't want anyone to Ukraine to play England. I thought Sweden would do better against England, uh, so I was rooting for Sweden. But um, Ukraine they surprised all of us. Okay, I thought I thought they were poor on their day. Um, Nani, the the Western winner. Um, what's his name? Yamalenko. 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 Mm. Uh, by the way, I'm going to do that to those names. I don't want to say those names for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they were also lucky because of the, the Zinchenko goal. I thought that was a mistake by the keeper. Uh, yeah. What else? Okay, Ukraine. Well, I don't know what to say. Maybe, maybe someone else can analyze them because I thought they were just another team. Sweden was a better team, but it's not called football. That's what happens when you're unlucky. Um, Alex can try to analyze. Yeah, I think Sweden was a better team, honestly. But I, the problem with that game, I think it was stuck. Isak was kind of dropping the to kick the balls instead of doing what he does best and uh, running behind and pick up the ball. And uh, Kulisevsky, Dejan Kulisevsky, oh, so yeah, with Emil Forsberg. Even though I thought Emil Forsberg was, was the man to carry them through to the next round, I even told Mark to just watch out for Emil Forsberg. He started really well in that match, 
but the strength of Ukraine is always different. Same to Czech Republic and this year. The biggest surprise of that match was uh, uh, the, the Ukraine manager, um, the former Chelsea man. Chechenko. Uh, leaving out Ruslan Malinowski, his man. He has been the man in the group stages till now. Uh, they left him out. I think it was kind of tactical. Not sure if he had anything to do with injury. But let's say Ukraine are in the next round, all done to last. Yeah, because Sweden were just too good for them. Even though in the second half, like from the 60th minute to like the 80th minute, everyone was trying to keep possession. They were not even, if one team had the, had the ball, the other one was not even trying to, to press because they were like five minute long, long, long ball possession in one side. And whenever there is a turnover of the ball, the other team does the same. There was no team which was eager or determined to win the match during the normal time. In the extra time, the red card, even though many argue that it was a 50 50. Assessment to, for, for the uh, for the even they say they are saying that the referee should have been a little bit lenient with the Swedish defender, okay. but I think the, the red card still Alex the red card was yeah. Because I think we were having a, a conversation with you, Alex, on this um, yeah. online. Uh, I think, yes, yes, it was a malicious. Okay, yes, you won the ball first. But yeah. personally, I used to think that um, you can get away with something as long as you won the ball first. But when you look at the challenge again, it was clearly um, career-threatening. Um, and yeah. I think that red card was deserved. But it kind of reminded me of the incidents between Ben Chilwell and, was it Valbuena or West Ham? Yeah, but Mark, Mark yeah. I'd like to clarify when you talk about the challenge of Ben Chilwell and Valbuena. The fact that Ben Chilwell, the ben Chilwell foot was not on the ground. Yeah. It kind of was caught on air. But the, the Ukrainian player, mm-hmm. his foot was already on the ground. It's yeah. like standing on him. Yeah. That's why I think the record was deserved. Maybe Virginia will tell us you are arguing. I don't think so. I think it was purely accidental. Yes, I know it was career stretching, you know, he could have broken his leg. But uh, it's purely accidental. I think uh, in the Premier League, there's a role for that. Uh, okay, no, they are competent, incompetent referees there. But in their roles in the Premier League, uh, when a player gets to the ball or gets the ball first and a player is coming, to get the ball, the opponents, and accidentally he just comes towards the player who has the ball, and accidentally uh, he's hit. Or that, that is not a record, that's just a yellow. Unless if he got but, the uh, ball and uh, he still went to hit the player uh, intentionally, that's a red, but that's not a red to me. Like the situation where you remember Roy Keane, Roy Keane um, used to couple people intentionally, Roy, especially yeah. especially Holland, Holland's yeah. father, M. Alphins Holland. Alphine. That was very yeah. intentional because he was revenging for after after he he told him to stop taking his ACL injury years earlier. He did it intentionally, and he he didn't even apologize. Even yeah. recently, when they were doing an interview with Mika Richards to Wembley, he used to say that. Yes, he, he, he did go to, to, to intentionally injure people, but he went out to hurt people because midfield battles were usually like that. But for this case, before the Collins, um, in a few minutes, uh, I think, yes, he won the ball first, but he, the player was clearly aiming for the ball first before accidentally um, um, colliding with this other player. So it wasn't intentional, but it was malicious. So I can, I can understand why the referee decided to, to turn the yellow into a head. But at the same time, when you look at the group, is it really... Was it really, from purely a rule point of view, was that red card really uh, merited? Uh, we we spoke about uh, we spoke about Van Dijk and and Pickford um, earlier when Van Dijk was offside and then Pickford went to footed on him and he got ruled out eventually. But because he was offside, uh, Pickford was in So should that have been the case? That's what I'm saying. For that, um, it should have been a red card. For that, Pickford should have been sent off. Yeah, 
Austria against Italy, there was somebody doing some wrestling on the ma- on the, during that match. Uh, but since it was offside, it was not even accounted for. Uh, it's the same case uh, you are saying about Van Dijk and Rakitic. Yeah, so, so long as it's outside, they are not even given a red card. But that one was a red card. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Okay, so um, moving on to, to obviously what will be the largest talking point to most fan bases in the world. Uh, England, they to beat Germany um, in a quite convincing fashion. Yeah, two nil. The goals coming from Sterling and Kane finally deciding he no longer needs a Kane to walk. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, they were, they've honestly been defensively uh, resolute. Um, they decided to play with a back three. So, um, just one, uh, the major question I wanted to ask you before you talk more about England. Uh, do you think they'll play with a back three again because Ukraine will be the same? Uh, for start, I think they'll be playing Ukraine, right? So if they're playing Ukraine, um, I probably think they'll revert back to a four, probably because um, against Germany, I think they had to, because um, I've spoken about how Robin Gossens was capable of dominating that left flank of players alongside um, one of the German space investigators. So um, I think it was necessary that uh, South get set up like that. But against, uh, against Ukraine, they should be on the front foot and they are playing at Wembley. So uh, I think they're going to revert back to a four and we'll probably see Jack Grealish uh, back in the lineup. I think he's Going to take off, he's going to take out. Um, is it a uh, Kyle Walker? Uh, not Kyle Walker, um, Kevin Trippier and revert, um, the British to attend like he did against the Republic. And I think it's probably going to work, so I think he'll revert back to a four. And, um, actually, I've just seen on who's that Rice is doubtful, Shiki is doubtful, uh, Yamalenko is doubtful. Yeah, those are the major ones, those are the major guys who are doubtful, actually. Which, to be honest, it's weird. Um, if if what what I think yeah. if if um Declan Rice is doubtful, I think we are going to see Jordan Henderson coming to the lineup. Uh, I think he's going to probably play the way he's been playing, playing two holding midfielders, uh, and a creative number ten. Um, Nissan Mount, I'm a big fan of Mount, and I know Alex is also a massive fan of Mount, but uh, but Nissan Mount is more of a of an, of an eight than a ten, if you know what I mean. And when you're playing two holding midfielders, you at least need to bring someone with player. So I think that's why Jack Grealish is going to be preferred. We saw him make a difference against Germany. He's the one who came on, and out of the blue, he provided the pre-assist for, for Sterling's goal. And then I think he actually assisted Kane for the winning goal. So uh, I think we're going to see him yeah. finally get um, a second start of the European Championships. Um, I know he's, he's the messiah, because the whole of England is crying for a guy who plays for Aston Villa to be the saviour of the day. But the credit, credit, credit where it's due, <laughs> credit where it's due, uh, because I think he's going to come in and then uh, England will will kind of go through. I think we'll expect that to happen. But I expect Henderson to come into the lineup if Rice is doubtful. Okay, Mark, Mark yeah. I need to say something. So, uh, in my opinion, what will happen? It will depend on the... Okay, for that game, okay, credit where it's due. They won, they were okay. They were okay. But remember... Southgate, the way he sets up, he sets up, it's like a Moyes for Manu. He's so negative, so it works, it works, it works for him when he's playing against bigger teams. Mm-hmm. Now, England, the problem will be when they're playing a team like Ukraine. Now, that is where the problem will be. Mm-hmm. The way he sets up, yeah. it's going to work every time against big teams because he has the quality. He has some people that can score goals from nowhere. Uh, Kane and Sterling, he has good players in him. Mm-hmm. The problem is against Ukraine if he goes defensive. And Ukraine managed to nick one. Ha. Yeah. It's going to be a different story, just what you're saying. Yeah, of course, it's going to be a different story, but you know, it's, it's worked for him so far, playing two holding midfielders. It, it's, it's worked for him. We can't say it hasn't worked for him. Yes, um, he was scrutinized for, for drawing against Scotland, but these results happen in international football. Let's not forget that Spain, Spain, Spain drew 1-1 with Italy in Euro 2012 in the opening game. I remember Germany, before winning the World Cup, had to, had to settle for 
a lucky draw against Ghana to do, if I'm not wrong. And Spain lost one nil to Switzerland in the opening game in South Africa. So these results happen. But uh, Southgate has set up how he set up and it worked for him. And I think he's going to, to, to set up the same way. Two holding midfielders against Ukraine. As long as you have um, a Jack Green, you can bring the player. I don't think it's, 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 it's going, I don't think anyone will complain about how you set up. That's the, the problem. That's the thing. You'll be surprised. You might start ignoring us. Just wait and see. It's all good to talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by the way, before we carry on, um, should Jadon Sancho finally start? Um, considering the fact that Sterling was no. was immense recently, no. and um, and Bukayo Saka when he's coming, he's he actually won't stop uh, the match uh, against So is it especially for you, JM, because uh, you've been crying for Sancho to get his minutes? Do you think he should start? Um, I think he should definitely like get a chance to Jadon Sancho. Um, but but to be honest, I'm not really fast about it. As, as long as he gets clean sheets, I'm okay with it, to be honest. Yeah, and you're also talking about um, Dominic Alvatiluin being, being given more minutes. Uh, do you think um, he'll get minutes, going, especially given Hurricane finally broke his, his deadlock for goals so far? I think no matter what, what he did, whether he punched a child, whether he <laughs> launched a nuclear missile, um, whether he... yeah whatever uh, horrible thing you can think about, Hurricane won't be removed from that team. It's just a decision that Gareth Southgate doesn't have, let's call it the backbone to go against. Mark, can I say something? Yeah. Uh, you know why I don't want Sancho to start? Because uh, in the qualifying rounds, Sancho on the right side, he wasn't playing well. Exactly. If you look, exactly. at, if you look at the left side, that's where he's at his best. But I at know. the right side, just it's better to start in Kaisaka. That, when he's was, young, when he, he fades in the in like the 10 minutes of the game, yeah. I prefer Saka to Sancho. That's why I was telling um United fans that um Sancho, if you've been observing him, especially recently, um for, for Dortmund, even as he inspired um Dortmund to a DFB Pokal, he did he does his damage mostly on the on the left side. And that's why and I think we should talk about this. That's why to me, yeah. um if, if he's coming to Man United as a left winger, um he's definitely an upgrade on Rashford. But if he's coming as a right winger, I don't think we are really going to see the best of Sancho as a right winger at Man United. Let's hear from the Man United fans themselves what they think. Oh yeah, listen, simple. I will not speak for my boy. Mark. Yes. Fucking mean. What? What? Hey, be gone. Be gone. <laughs> but but do you think do you think Dave that <laughs> Rashford is a better Rashford is a better left inside forward than Sancho? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's hear it from because maybe you have had this argument. Let's be honest. Do you think he's a better inside forward than than Rashford? Okay, okay. Statistically, no. But Sancho has been brought to Man for a different reason. He's supposed to be a right winger. Not yeah, that's, you, you guys will get it wrong. I don't see Sancho yeah, yeah. as the best of Sancho. You don't see the best of Sancho as a right. You guys will be in for a shock. But you, guys, you also don't understand that. We also need, okay, Rashford won't be available for the fight. I think six weeks. Sancho can fill in there. When Rashford comes back, we still need, we need rotation options. When Man City buy players like that, you guys claim, oh, Man City have good uh, backup players, the bench is strong. Ask when you Make buy players. Make a million for a player. Make a million for a player. You're going to be a <laughs> but it doesn't matter. We have the money. Yeah, I can all two clubs. No, 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 no. Let's not start that argument because to be fair, you've seen it before. You guys feel in square beds in round holes. You, you sign okay, this when you depart. Was was Sancho a high profile of right winger for you guys, other than just being a PR spin? Because in my opinion, yes, he's a good player, but he's been brought as kind of a PR spin to appease the fans. Because I don't see how he he, he fits directly into your system. Because 
let's not forget, let's not forget, Wan Bisaka is undoubtedly, undoubtedly the, the starting right back, right? He's undoubtedly the starting right back. Yeah. But we know he can't overlap. He prefers to invert because he's a very good, um, he's an elite defensive, no-nonsense centre-back, right? Let's, I mean, not centre-back, no-nonsense uh, right-back. He okay. is a good ball winner. Um, he has elite passing stats, so he's a very good um, inverted wing-back. But, but because of that, you have to compromise by bringing a winger who purely stretches the play. Does Sancho does do that? That's the question. Is he the right profile of, of right winger for you guys? Because in my opinion, he's a left right forward. I think they're in the market for, for, for an offensive right back. Um, but they already have Dalot. That's okay, the, that's that's the thing. They already have Dalot. Yeah, before the, 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 the season starts, like after the, the Euros, probably after the Olympics, I hope so. Yeah, we'll have a conversation. We'll do a transfer review. Uh, yeah. I think possibly Arsenal will have a very good rating considering what they've done. Okay, so um, we I'll ask I'll ask all of you for your predictions in like you just mentioned all of the matches. So uh, you'll start with Switzerland, Spain, Belgium, Italy, Czech Republic, Denmark, Ukraine, England. Yeah, or whichever order which you decide. We'll start with you, Mark. Yeah. Uh, pardon, pardon. Will you kindly repeat the question? Uh, oh, it, it's just your 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 predictions. Oh, my predictions for all the matches. For all the matches. Um. Uh. Yeah. For me, for me personally, I think um, Denmark will go through against uh, Czech Republic. Uh, Spain have enough to get one over Switzerland, considering Switzerland will be missing key players. Uh, Italy will go through uh, for me. Um, we already discussed how Belgium will miss the Proina and, and Hazard. And then um, England will go through because they are at Wembley and Ukraine are, Ukraine don't have their, their quality, even though they are totally flexible. So those are my predictions. Okay, uh, Virginia? Uh, Denmark will go through. Uh, they have enough quality to get to go past Czech. Uh, Spain, obviously, to also go through because uh, I agree with Max, so we're missing one of the key players in Shaka. Uh, Italy will also go through, but it will be a tough one. It will be tight, but Italy will go through. England, on the other hand, with Ukraine, I'm going to predict an upset. Ukraine, have... Ukraine to go through penalties. <laughs> we are all hopeful because we are tired of hearing that quite forbidden song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Um, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on Italy to go through and Denmark to go through. Um, no, um, if as, as, a, as, a, as a betting man, I'd go for Italy, Denmark, um, Spain, and England. But, but as a football fan, I really, I really think Switzerland um, might do something, might, might, might upset Spain, as much as they don't have Shaka, they might cause an upset, depending on how far they take that. Okay, so, um, um, yeah. The book, um, the book, okay, England and Spain, they are favorites, but, um, I think uh, an upset or two might be might be on the line. I absolutely can't wait to watch Mbolo going up against Eric Garcia or Papa. Yeah, I, I absolutely can't wait for for Mbolo to go up against Eric Garcia and or Papa. That will just be <laughs> an absolute mauling. It will be beautiful to watch. Um, I think that um. You know what? I'll go for Switzerland to go through after extra time. I'll go for Italy um, with Immobile up against the Immobile centre-backs. Um, I'll go for the Czech Republic, I think. Uh, Denmark might have run themselves to the ground. And this is what I play for. I play that Ukraine actually win, but I 
I'm not very hopeful that will happen. Okay, so um, that wraps up the episode. Yeah, uh, do any of you guys have anything to add? Mark? Um, I don't think I, I have anything more to add other than, as usual, you can follow me on Twitter at Kinyawai. You can follow our, our YouTube channel at the Tasling Minyaks and our WordPress uh, account at the Tasling Minyaks as well, as Facebook to uh, Najita as well. So um, you can follow us there and you can also follow me personally at the spot minyaks.wordpress.com where I give more insight into the game that we all have. Thank you. Uh, Virginia? Uh, uh, hopefully, I'm hoping for an upset to the Euros in the Euros in the quarterfinals. And yeah, that's it. So, um, okay, I just have a question. Um, I don't know. We have, you know, we've all gone for Italy to, to beat uh, Belgium. And I'm just wondering, okay, as much as you would like that to happen, don't you think uh, Lukaku is going to be a handful for the aging centre back for Italy too? Just curious. Yeah, let me allow me to answer. Yes, I think I think he will be a handful. Um, I think no matter what happens, I think he for me he has been the player of the tournament so far for me personally. But um Cellini isn't playing, um Asabi is so and Asabi in as much as in is in his thirties, I think he's still uh more mobile than Cellini. Uh Bonucci has also lost some of his mobility, but you can't take away the fact that that team uh has um is even the balance, especially in terms of structure. So yes, he might be a handful, and Italy I think will go through. But Belgium will have will have run them to the ground, uh, much the same way as Austria did against them. So I think they have enough to go through, considering Belgium don't have Hazard and and in the final. Okay. I don't. I, okay. I don't think Belgium can beat Italy without Kevin De Bruyne and uh, Eden Hazard. Without those two, as we saw evidently against Portugal, they weren't able to. The uh, Argentina, Jorginho, um, Barella, and it's either Locatello or Ferrari. Um, I think he have too much to do. Yeah. And which one? Which one will be containing them? Both of them. For me, uh, the problem isn't, isn't Belgium's midfield. Yeah, I think it will be. Yeah, yeah just yeah, as uh, Virginia said, like always with uh, the wingers catching inside, it means the, the white center backs will be covered. Yeah. So now with Barella's runs. Yeah, I think what I'm, I'm trying to say is um, I don't think the midfield the midfield is, is the, the midfield is, is too strong. The midfield is too strong to be hit on the transitions. And in Witzel and, and um in Witzel and Tillemans, there's enough athleticism and enough enough defensive security um to deal with Barella's runs. But uh, problem will come um in the situation where Belgium's um, centre-backs are aging and not as mobile as they once were. Um, especially given they still started at 85-year-old Vermalen, who I was shocked to see uh, start um, against, um, against uh, was it France? Yes, but he still um, dealt with them and was a handful all night for the likes of Griezmann and, and, and um, uh, Benzema. But at the, end of the day, at the end of the day, I think, I think Italy have uh, better options off the bench uh, to deal with, with um, Belgium in comparison to Belgium. That's what I'm trying to say. We saw how good uh, Kiesa did when he came on against Austria. He was their difference maker, uh, especially when Berard really did do as well as he usually does. So 
I think that's where Italy will, will win the battle. That's what I'm saying. And Dave, like you were saying, the way um, Italy's um, aging centre-backs don't have that mobility. Let's not forget Belgium centre-backs literally have no mobility at all, but they still dealt with France. So um, we'll wait and see what will happen, but I still think Italy will go through. Okay, so I think that shuts up the episode. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, thank you so much, guys, for coming on. Yeah, um, it has been great, and we will meet you guys uh, for the preview of the semifinals. Yeah, which will probably be in the middle of next week, somewhere there. Yeah, okay. Uh, enjoy your football, guys, and don't forget we are all not England fans. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>